Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of How to Live the Podcast. We are Jess and Steph Dadon, and we are so excited to have you here on this glorious Monday morning. So Jess, last week you got back from three weeks on a yoga teacher training in Bali and we've been getting heaps of requests from listeners who really want to hear more about what went down over there. Mm, so I'll tell you very quickly, mm. um, it was essentially one of the best some of the best three weeks of my life it was really fantastic if I wasn't practicing yoga I was talking about yoga or listening to a video about yoga or talking about a book about yoga so just like yoga 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 Um, and now I'm really excited that I'm back and I'm going to get to start teaching some classes first for my friends and for the office and then I'll see where it takes me Awesome. I can't wait for your first class. So today is World Earth Day. Happy World Earth Day. It's a day to demonstrate support for environmental protection, which basically means we love our planet and we should all be thinking about ways to protect it today. So we only thought it was perfectly fitting that today's guest would be someone who has done a lot for the environment. And it is the founder of Keep Cup, Abigail Forsyth. So if you don't know already, Keep Cup are these really amazing reusable coffee cups. You probably already have one and you've probably seen about a million people walking around the streets holding it. But so Abigail founded the company with her brother Jamie in 2007 after they realized the negative impact that these disposable cups were having on the environment. So in this episode, we chat to Abigail about how they went about shifting people away from disposable coffee culture, how they actually found their suppliers once they had this brilliant idea and small ways that people can make a big difference to the earth. And a whole lot more interesting stuff. So stick around to the end to find out who next week's guest is. And we'll also be answering a burning question from a listener. Little hint for you guys. It might be relating to the TV show Younger. Ooh, sounds good. Happy listening. So we'd love to hear about your Keep Cup journey. We ourselves are very big fans of Keep Cups. Actually, when we moved into our office um, at the beginning of last year, our mum also shares an office with us and she went and bought everyone in the office a Keep Cup mm. and told them that they had to that they were not allowed to have disposable cups, that they had to use them every time they went and got a coffee. So we loved that and we thought it was fitting that we were then coming to interview you today. How nice. Yeah, disposable free workplace. Yeah, exactly. That's what we're working towards. Definitely. So we actually read that you started by starting a cafe. Yes. I was a lawyer before that. Oh, really? Isn't that funny? A lot of people's stories start by being a lawyer. Maybe there's something in that. (laughs) (laughs) Then you have to escape. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I was a lawyer in the city um, and and my brother was working in the UK and he called me up every week with a new business idea. Like one was veterinary supermarkets. I was like, no. Wait, what is that? Like you pet, like pet store. Like pet barn. Pet barn. Pet oh, barn. Okay, okay. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. And then he said, oh, I've that. seen Pret a Manger in the in London. I was oh, like, yeah. well, I'm a good cook. I like people. How hard can it be? Okay, we'll stop you right there. We are huge fans of Pret. Yeah. Every time we are in London, we just cannot get enough. Like we don't go see any cool cafes or anything. We just eat at Pret. Yeah, I mean, it's phenomenal how good their food is over such volume and and a, a sort of a fairly transient workforce as well. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. So, so that's when you kind of decided that you guys were going to start a cafe together. Yeah. 
So and now I have my own kids and I think of mum and dad going and I'm going, oh, I'm going to stop doing law and I'm going to start a cafe. I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> they weren't happy about no, it. they were like, what? Um, but they know they were supportive, but they were a little shocked. A bit apprehensive. Yeah, a bit apprehensive. And so. had you worked in law at that point? Or you yeah, just yeah, studying? I was oh. working as a lawyer. Oh, cool. Yeah. And just not loving it? I sort of, I loved it more than I loved the degree. I liked. I was in a small practice, and the guy I worked for was awesome. So yeah, it was quite enjoyable. But I guess I always, when people came with their legal problems, I often thought, "Why are you here? Like, find a commercial solution or forget about it." Like, yeah, you know, people are once they get to a lawyer, they're often fairly entrenched in a position that is probably a little unhelpful. Yeah. yeah okay. So you didn't kind of feel like you were making a big difference in mm. the world at that point, I guess. Yeah. 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 So you opened up your cafe um, and then what was that journey like and how did you kind of start to notice this disposable cup problem, I guess we'll call it? Yeah, so we opened up the cafe. We spent a lot of time getting our recipes right and deciding on the exact colour blue of the logo and a whole lot of stuff that we should have spent more time working on the accounts package and how we were going to make it commercially viable, but we didn't. Um, And then we started and we were one of the first cafes to bring in a disposable cup. Like it was when they just were starting like in the late nineties and we had, it was, our cafes were called blue bags. So it was blue and we thought it was really cool. It sounds cool. Yeah. (laughs) seemed pretty cool at the time. And then I, uh, first thing was a lawyer came in and goes, I feel like a baby drinking out of these disposable cups. What? A baby? Yeah. Wait, it's like a sippy cup. Yeah, it's like a sippy cup. And then like now we don't even think about it. Like then they sort of became really cool. But that initial response was, oh, this feels a bit childish to be walking along drinking out of a... uh, A little sippy cup. Yeah. So were were disposable cups not a thing before No, not a thing. Not a thing until the 90s. How did people get takeaway coffees? They didn't. Wow. Yeah. They must have been so not busy. <laughs> yeah. Just have time to sit, yeah, have a coffee. Sat down. And, and there weren't as many cafes around. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. so you guys were one of the first to bring on those disposable cups. Mm. Okay, cool. Um, and was that in this kind of Fitzroy area, your cafe? City. In the, oh, city. the city. Yeah. Awesome. So okay. do people love those disposable cups when you first came up with them? The little, um, the, yeah, it's took off. I mean, coffee was starting to become a really cool, trendy thing. So Starbucks had happened, like mm-hmm. that started in the 70s, but it really started to expand its global footprint in the 90s. And then coffee became, you know, people stopped having cigarette breaks. That became uncool. Yeah. So how do you have a break? You go and have a coffee. So it sort of started a different trend. And then the um, disposable cup, I guess, became aspirational. You and know, if you want to show someone was a really busy professional, you give them a laptop and you give them a disposable yeah, cup. Yeah, totally. Isn't that so true? It's really funny that, like, before that, this culture just didn't exist and the introduction of disposable cups shifted the culture in a way. Well, yeah. and I even remember sitting at cafes and seeing people actually sitting down having a takeaway cup. And I guess like at that point in time, we didn't know, like a lot of people thought that they were recyclable for a long time. Um, So I guess no one really understood the impact of that. So how did you kind of start to realize, oh, wait a second, like this is maybe doing more harm than good? So just working behind the machine and just going, this is actually pretty gross, like how many cups we're using on a day-to-day basis. And then I did some research, found out they weren't recyclable. Um, and there were a couple of people who came into one of the stores like with a mug 
and they you know they were very virtuous in the way they behaved and it was really awkward because you didn't know how much milk to put in the ratio of milk and coffee didn't they didn't fund the group heads you had to heat them you didn't know what to charge them did they get a discount it was all a really awkward transaction yeah and that was probably a completely different person as well who's using the keep cup i guess because that's like a hardcore yeah. environmentalist with their mug yes, at a cafe. Exactly. And back then people probably thought they were crazy. You yes. know, like who are these crazy hardcore lefty hippies with yeah. their mugs in their cafes? Yeah, exactly. And there were very few of them. And so then I went down to Maya and tried to buy just a reusable cup to sell. And the only things that were around were big clunky thermoses. So designed for the US style of coffee where you just have a giant black coffee basically and drink it all day rather than the espresso based way we drink coffee so i spoke to my brother i'm like oh you know we should make our own cup and he's like surely someone would have done this before and so we looked around we couldn't find anything so then in 2007 we got in these like decor soup mugs that had a red with a handle and we charged five dollars and if you came back and got your soup we gave you a 50 cent discount and the, the disposable um, cups cost us like 70 cents. So we made 20 cents every time someone reused, even though we gave them a discount. And 15% of our customers returned and reused. So we're like, there's a market for this. If we get the product design right and we get the message right and the branding, that people will um, change their behavior and adopt. And then I still was like, oh, we've never made anything before. We have to get design. Will yeah. it work? still pretty dodgy and then at that time I'd just have my daughter and I'd have my coffee in a disposable cup in the morning I'd give her milk in her sippy cup and I thought would I give her her milk in her disposable cup and that's when I realized it was about behavior change and about shifting cultural norms and I actually found that more exciting than product design in a way so that's what sort of made me start the keep cup totally because you have kind of um, instigated this huge cultural shift um, which is a really hard thing to do. Like people like to do what's convenient, yep. not what's good for the environment or what's for the greater good. And that's pretty incredible what you guys have done to yeah. create that shift. Oh, thanks. How did you kind of do it in those days? I'm sure it felt like it was going to be an impossibility because you were kind of like converting one person at a time. Yep. Uh, I think there's some, um, I think the real clues were we sort of, we didn't pitch to the greenies. So we pitched right smack to the middle of the market to people who um, just wanted to do better, but felt in a way probably felt excluded a bit by the green movement, like that they weren't green enough. So we pitched to them. We made the product look really similar to a disposable cup because Mm. one of the things I didn't ever want to do was walk around like, look at me like I wanted to be so the first cups were like really subtle like they were greys and torps and whites and stuff so you didn't didn't really notice someone was carrying along and then as the years have gone they've got louder and funkier with their colors and people were sort of more loud and proud but I think that that helped and then we um just really watched carefully what went on so uh we realized early on that getting the baristas to endorse the product and go I'm happy to fill it was a key because one of the big barriers is people just being just a little bit shy or a little bit embarrassed to interrupt someone or you know make them change their change what they their service model so 100% and I remember that shift in mentality of oh I'm a little bit embarrassed to ask because the barista is sometimes a bit disgruntled when I do to, oh, okay, no, they really encourage it. Now what's so cool to see is that people are even offering 
a discount when yeah. you do bring um, a keep cup or a reusable cup. And I was super interested to know, because that's so clever, is that something that you were really championing or has that happened naturally among cafe culture? That's happened. So we, uh, our position would probably be we prefer to see people charged more. So we prefer them to say your coffee's $3, but if you have it in a disposable, it's $3.50. Um, but there's a, I don't know, I, I'm sort of, I don't really think, I think people's sense of feeling they're entitled to a discount is not so good. Like it's, you know, you just to do the right thing, you shouldn't be rewarded. Like doing the right thing is its own reward. So it should be, I think penalties are more effective. Yeah, I guess maybe like at this point when not everyone is keen to like get on board the trend, rewarding for doing something yeah. good might be like the right way to get the movement going. And then when there's that momentum, the mentality could potentially shift. shift. Yeah, no, good point. Yeah. So I think that has been important. So how did you come up with the name Keep Cup? Because we were discussing this and actually now Keep Cup has become the universal name for a cup that you keep and it's actually quite genius and we were kind of having a having a google and looking up some like other things that are uh, are named in the similar way so google is actually one of them because we all say we google now even if you're just searching yeah Um, Yeah. another one you actually mentioned before is thermos we found out that's actually a brand name and it's called a vacuum flask my favorite one was yo 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 which is toy on a string oh really how funny is that yeah and also bubble wrap like bubble wrap surely just sounds like you're describing it, but it's actually air bubble packaging. How funny is that? And Kleenex? Kleenex. Kleenex, Kleenex yeah, is not as a tissue. So like with that sort of thing that I guess everyone says keep cut, but it's not necessarily your brand, do you feel like that's a positive thing or is, does that like get under your skin it's a little bit? It's a bit of a double-edged sword. Yeah. So yeah. It's, it's pretty cool and yeah. it's pretty amazing because it means that we sort of, um, you know, gives us a position as starting that, um, reuse movement which is really cool and exciting but when people call a really sort of shitty knockoff cup a keep cup mm-hmm. and they don't work like I just heard a story where um, an accountancy bought, firm bought some from Alibaba and they all just they all smashed like oh, as no soon way. as they put hot water in them, they smashed and people were calling them keep cups so yeah right yeah there's a bit of a there is confusion like even when I was googling you earlier um and all like the kind of competitors came up and I was like I said to the girls I was like this isn't fair I just googled keep cup and now all these other things coming up they're not keep cup but it is kind of funny the way that works yeah well they're all bidding on those keywords like it feels silly to have to bid for your own brand name totally but it's it is kind of cool in a way though that you guys are the one that's that's led the change and that now you know, that must feel pretty good that people are calling them Keep Cups and that's the name you created. Yeah. yeah. How did you come up with that name? So it wasn't actually uh, us that came up with it. So we engaged these guys um, from South Southwest. They're a design firm and we've worked with them for 10 years. Um, and they came up, they had all these names. We did a brainstorming session. They had all these names and one of them was like, I remember was Gino Cup for some reason, like talking to the Italian heritage of coffee. No, Um, that never would have taken off. (laughs) Then there was my cup and a few other ones, and we were like, "Oh, I don't think we thought they they had it." So I need that. We had that meeting. Then the next meeting, Andy Sargent came in. He goes, "I've got it." And we go, "What is it?" And he goes, "Keep Cup." And we were like, "Yep, you've got it." Like just instantly, uh, it was just yeah. Yeah, I love that. And so once you kind of came up with this concept, how? Did you go about finding a supplier? I guess for us, you know, we have a vegan shoe label um, and that was something that we identified veganism like, okay, super important to us. But now that we've kind of 
tick that box, we're on to the next stage of, okay, how else can the shoes be environmentally friendly? Is it that they're made from recycled materials? And we're finding it so difficult to find innovative people that are like mm-hmm. doing these things, even though we're shopping for them. And so how did you go about doing that in, I think it was 2007 or, or thereabouts? When we sort looking? of lucked out. Like we didn't know it at the time, but we lucked out. Like we, we went and saw a few, we wanted to make it in Australia because it's a sustainable product. So we went and saw a couple of manufacturers here and we just met the company we work with now and we just, I don't know, we got on well and they got on well with our designers so we could all sit around the table and then they made some tweaks to the design from an engineering point of view. And um, now we actually make some of the plastic parts in the UK for the UK market, again, for local manufacturing. And the difference between these two companies is stark. Really? So this, the UK company are much bigger and every time they do anything, change a tool, change a material, change a colour, they want to charge us, they want to tell us about it. Whereas this the company in Australia, they just did it all. Like It's like, you know, the Wizard of Oz behind the green curtain. Yeah. They just do it all behind the curtain and they just come out and go, ta-da! Oh, and now great. I know that they've worked so hard to get it to ta-da. Um, and you're still working with them now, you said? Yeah. How good's that? Yeah. That's really hard to kind of keep a relationship like that going for so long. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's been mutually beneficial, I'd say. And yeah, they've just been really good partners to work with. And I think setting out to create a product can be um, quite scary. Um, and I know like Steph and I talk a lot about with our shoes, like, oh, you know, do we just put something out there to test it? and then figure out how to get it right along the way? Or does it? do we need to put it out and be perfect? I think a lot of entrepreneurs face those questions. Yeah. How do you feel about that? And what was the Keep Cup product journey like? Uh, I, I'm more of the rough enough is good enough school. My mm-hmm. brother is more of a perfectionist. Mm-hmm. So that was always a point of conflict. Um, but I think it's, you know, both are, both are right in a way. I think it's depending on the product, depending on what phase you are in your development how well you understand your customers Mm -hmm. because if you just give people what they want you're going to come up with something pretty mediocre so Mm, you've kind of got to be a step you have to add a bit of whatever it is you're bringing to it so it's different and unexpected and and delights people do you look back now at your first product and go like oh my god what were we thinking yeah so the first um what what we sold off was a prototype so it was hand-painted the lid didn't come off. The band was like this little skinny sort of shiny plastic thing. I was so proud of it. And the first sales pitches, like we used to ship them out not even in a box. Like just, just ship by itself. Just bits. No, bits. Oh, oh like people could put together yeah. themselves. Yeah, so we sold to Campos Coffee. We sold 10,000 when we first started. And we just sent out the bits. And oh my like gosh. then I met people who were like, yeah, I got the bits. And I was like, what is this? Like I would buy it and then I'm going to put it together myself. So. Oh, my God. When we first started um, our shoe label, yeah, we were like, shoe boxes are the worst. Why would we put a, put shoes in a shoe box? You know, they're so wasteful. Yeah. People don't reuse them. We've got to do something way cooler than that. So we've gone through everything from like they started in a tube, which we thought was a really good idea, but it would just kind of get squished and like then the shoes would get squished. And then we moved on to a pouch, like a reusable pouch, which was really cool and people loved the pouch. But still, when the shoes came, they were kind of all like yeah, crumpled up. And even when we look at our shoes now, like our first collection, we just cringe. And we were like, what <laughs> were we thinking? But it's kind of like you've got to start somewhere. Mm. And if we didn't start there and release that, we would have never made it to here and be releasing what we are now. And 
And it's not like those things haunt us now and everyone's like, oh no, we can't buy those because remember what they looked like four years ago? Like it doesn't really matter. No, because people just want to see your, like if, if you made it perfect, well, you'd never do it if you made it perfect first time. And if you're still looking back on what you did four years ago going, that's the best. You haven't evolved probably. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And I think what's super clever about what you guys have done with Keep Cup is um, I now kind of think of it as a bit of an accessory, you know, if like you're walking around the streets and you're holding it. Um, And I love how colorful they are and like you can like create your own on the website. Like what was the theory behind that, making them so colorful and fun and pretty? That. So we we saw early on people would um, say on Instagram, oh, I'm matching. I'm matching my outfit today or my scarf matches my Keep Cup or... And initially, you know, I'm fairly conservative, so I had all the dark kind of blacks and Melbourne black lady. Um, And then we saw that people wanted more fun and colour and they wanted to express themselves. So we just sort of went on that journey with people. So you guys were kind of first on the customization trend. Mm. Yeah, well, our site was customised from the get-go. That's so cool. So you could build your own cup. So you're such forward thinkers. Like, where does that come from? Is that like a family thing that's been instilled in you? I think it is a family thing. So dad had his own business. My grandfather had his own business. And I think dad always taught us to think outside the square. And like we go, we I still remember we'd go out to dinner somewhere and dad would go, what did you notice about that waiter or where do you think that person came? Like he's always like listening for accents, mm. you know. Inquisitive Yeah, nature. Yeah, what did you observe, like really observe the world around you? Did you hear what that person was saying over there in that conference? Like, I don't know. And is that something you kind of try to instill in your own kids? Yeah, yeah. Be curious and, and be interested in what's going on around you. My, I've... Um, yeah, so my daughter's sort of like me. She's quite likes to have a bit of an argument and, and put her opinion across. And then my son is very quiet, and he sort of, I don't know, he, like we'll, I don't know. We had a guy around doing plumbing at the house, and he will go up, walk up to him with his hands in his pockets, and then he'll just start asking him about what he's doing and quite curious i think that's so cool yeah Yeah. cool and and really cool like what that can lead to in life like really important kind of skill to have have conversations yeah totally did did you have it in your family um definitely yeah Yeah. for sure our dad is like that a lot like loves to chat to anyone and get to know their story and and next minute inviting them over to like have dinner with us (laughs) yeah and I think even like you know that kind of like encouraging like creative thinking um which is interesting because like I think along with that comes like a bit of a rule breaker Mm -hmm. you know not really kind of like staying on the trend of like being polite and I mean we are polite but you know just like we were we were both like self like admittedly bad in school and things like that (laughs) oh yeah we were so argumentative in school like I just we were saying yesterday because we actually went back there and I was like I totally understand why my teachers didn't like me because I was so rebellious and just questioning everything. But then it definitely in an older age led to, you know, once you're creating products and in business, it's a good thing to be questioning things and it's a good thing to be pushing boundaries. They yeah. probably did like you. Probably just didn't know how to handle oh, they pro- the Maybe they were like, oh, I respect her, but she's a pain in my ass. Or maybe like, <laughs> I'll like her one day, but definitely not right now. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So when you kind of started um, Keep Cup and you were like putting it out there and being like, this is fantastic. We need to kind of do better for our planet. Were you met with um, pushback? And was that like annoying? Uh I, oh, I expected pushback, so mm-hmm. I kind of quite like to then it gives you an opportunity to have a conversation about it. So, um, 
there was pushback around hygiene and people sort of yeah not wanting to not wanting to interrupt the status quo there were people trying to say that it was more environmentally friendly to use a paper cup so a lot of oh and no lot, who was saying that well there was actually a lot of kickback anymore. from the greenies Really? really? Yeah, saying this isn't a, you know, this is this is just a signal of intention and it's not really going to make any difference. Yeah. And I found an old business plan saying, you know, we're not really saving the earth. This isn't a big problem. And now, you know, oh we learn God. it's a massive problem. You know, if you spin that out into, you know, water bottles and all, all the disposable plastic we use. So I don't think, yeah, even at the time... I objected to it from a waste point of view, but I don't think I realised, yeah, what a massive problem. Like how many water bottles are made in the world every year? But now I'm worried about what's happening with reusable cups. Now there's so many of them. Yeah. It's like another problem. But you do have a pretty amazing, um, like I was looking at your kind of reuse, recycle policy and all of that stuff, and you've kind of managed to um, like thread those values through um, your business still yep. even today being yeah. huge and successful uh, has that been like really important to you that you yeah. stayed true to that yeah I mean see it's why we created the business so every decision goes back to that it's the same with you with you sh- like if you're making a vegan footwear that actually informs a whole lot of decisions you make right through your supply chain and 100 yeah and totally. even like with price and getting people to kind of like recognize that difference I know is something that we've definitely faced like talking about recycled materials, you know, things like that will cost more, which will kind of force us to reassess how we're pricing our shoes. But if those things are important to us, then those things are important to us and we need to like, you know, stay true to our word. I read recently that um, straws, plastic that that makes straws and and water bottles as well can last up to 500 years. Mm. How crazy is that? And I actually saw the other day that – a brand called Lollyware. I don't know if you've heard of them. I think they might be UK based. Um, they've created a straw out of seaweed that lasts three weeks. So cool. How good yeah, is that? Amazing. Yeah, incredible. Because like who created these things? I guess it wasn't even something that they were considering. They were just like, how can we hold a bunch of water and sell it? Not actually thinking about the environment and you don't kind of think about those problems until they've happened and then we have to solve them. I can remember them. thinking in the 80s, who would buy water? That That's a business that will fail because no one will buy water. Yeah. Super wrong. That's so interesting. Are you guys kind of working on, you know, new products and things like that now to combat all that plastic and that waste out yeah. there? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we want to broaden our conversation around single-use plastic. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Are there um, any kind of little ways? I mean, we haven't even really talked about your personal beliefs about the environment um, and like things that you personally do, I assume, because you've started these reusable cups that it's very important to you. Yeah. Um, are there things that like you've started to do in your life to minimize your footprint that maybe someone could um, adopt or some good habits we could share? Uh I've st- I'm, I do love clothes and fashion, mm-hmm. but I've really started to stop, really stop buying, go to my own vintage. I'm old enough to have my own vintage. <laughs> um, I think composting in the home is um, a really important thing to do. Uh, 
what else having a disposable free workplace and then having um even having education in the workplace around things so people you know opening people's minds different ways of doing things Mm -hmm. so you guys have a disposable free workplace what does that mean and what does that look like so no disposables nothing in the workplace yeah and so people have got we've given them lunch boxes and we often have people we have catering in um we just we um give money to sea shepherd and they were saying they only have vegan catering on their ships and so we're that's something i'm thinking of doing like maybe we only have vegan catering here from now on and i think another thing i've been thinking about is getting someone in to cook maybe once a month we're moving offices where we'll have a kitchen cook a vegan meal because i think one of the struggles there is what do you cook and how do you do it well so if, if you're teaching someone a recipe that then they can cook in their home it's part of a good education process. Totally. Do you have a lot of vegans who are working in the office? We used to actually, but not not right now. I think we've only got two or three. Yeah. My um my like pet hate that I see people do is um in the supermarket. Like you know how there are the plastic bags and like you know you get your oranges and then you put them in a plastic bag and then you get your apples oh, and then yeah. you put them in a plastic bag and then at the end I see them put it all into a like a reusable bag and I'm like well you just <laughs> defeated the purpose oh my god wait so they take their plastic bags and they put them inside the reusable bags yeah like because they've thought about the plastic bag that you take home from Coles but they yeah, haven't, yeah, they haven't taken the all next, the yeah. individual ones so that's something that I've really like over probably the last year and I had to be like more mindful about it but now I just like in my shopping trolley like all the apples and oranges are just like rolling around loose and I don't even care I know same my boyfriend's like what are you doing please can we just put something in a bag I'm like what's the point it's yeah. literally just to transport it from this place to our house and then we're gonna chuck it away why do we need that bag totally yeah, absolutely so how did you build that really strong loyalty with your customers do you think i think it's just about the integrity like being sincere like it really keep cup sincerely is a business built to eradicate disposable cups and so and every every move we've made has been true to that mission and i think people have a good sniff test of what's real and what's not totally especially now you know in 2019 authenticity is so important to people and it's something that we're constantly trying to be more transparent around you know like our supply chain um that we get so many questions on that like where are the shoes made and like people just want to know and and that's really cool that you've kind of like seen this shift from you know people just being happy with their disposable cups to now people really you know giving a crap yeah i agree is there um a product that you've identified that you feel like is just absolutely ripe for disruption i know you mentioned water bottles yeah that's i mean it's sort of been done there's a lot of water bottles out there isn't it interesting though that like there are so many alternatives to water bottles but how many plastic water bottles are there and you know there should be a better solution like when you go to the petrol station and you've forgotten your water bottle at home they should have a different solution there that's not just i think that is coming i think they're gonna have like where you just go and refill a bottle uh, in yeah. fact i've heard in france they're gonna have um public um water fountains and they're gonna have um sparkling as an option no uh, way so French. they're so damn fancy they're yeah. so fancy that is so good that'll definitely stop people from buying plastic disposable water yeah. bottles yeah that's really cool so I, I think it is yeah it's about making it aspirational isn't it yeah and then you bring people along 
sorry yeah. to interrupt no no yeah it, it takes a lot of time doesn't it yeah. can you feel that shift now between like who your customers were back then and who they are now yeah i can feel the shift and i sort of feel i almost feel as a bit of a yeah the tides turn like so we started out being like our you know we were fighting the good fight against disposables and now we're the leader in a bigger category so there's a bit of a uncomfortable shift happening where are we just another product that we're selling rather than um being a more a campaign so we're really trying to get back in front of that conversation again to be a campaign to reduce disposable cup waste yeah it could be cool if you would like partner with an organization like we loved what Adidas did with Parlay yeah um you know and to kind of like champion an organization who has the same ethics and values as you could be really cool yeah could be yeah (laughs) how do you kind of stay so forward thinking you know like you identified this problem with disposable cups so early on and I'm sure now, you know, on your radar is a lot of other are a lot of other problems that need to be solved. How do you kind of stay on top of that? I don't know. I don't know if I. I don't know if I am. <laughs> it sounds yeah. like you are. Yeah, I think it's just um, I just being involved in the world around you. And I guess now getting a bit older, um, it's like looking looking to my children. Yeah. What are you thinking about? What are you talking about? What are the things that are, that you're noticing in the world around you? They're probably big clues about disruption and what's to happen next. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. It's funny, like they're so much younger than us, but some of them are so much like more in tune with that stuff than we are. I think just because the world that they've grown up in is such a different one to ours and they have this like value based like inside of them yeah it's really uh, i think inspiring to see um i'm really curious because we've started noticing our sandals around melbourne and things isn't and that a thrill so oh my oh. god it's the biggest <laughs> thrill ever yeah so i wanted to know like this many years on this many keep cups out there like do you just get as excited as ever yeah 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 yeah, but I was at yeah, I was at the school this a school this morning, and a guy walked past with a keep cup, and I can tell how old they are as well by the colourways oh, yeah. and the bands, and it was a pretty old one. I was, it's just yeah, it's the best. How good's that? And people used to like I don't know if they still do it, but you used to when you walk on keep, you get a bit of a nod from another because someone's walking to your you and they've got a keep cup, and you're holding one. Yeah, 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 yeah. Do people cool. like realize that you created them ever and just like totally found out about it? Not really. No. no. <laughs> I, I remember hearing a story. I think it was maybe in um, uh, the Tom's founder. I can't remember his name. Blake, Blake something, Blake Mikowski maybe? Yeah, yeah, I think that's all right. Um, and, yeah, he was talking about how he was overhearing a woman and she was wearing Tom's and she was just, like, raving about them and talking about <gasps> – how incredible they were and like would you just die like yeah, it's so good to hear there's no better feeling i can't remember in the end if he was like oh excuse me i created them but i think she was just telling him about these incredible shoes and he just like sat there smiling listening to it so cool yeah really cool and and doubly is cool for you that you know like you're you're seeing them holding in the hand and instead of holding a disposable cup they're holding a keep cup yeah yeah like it's a change that you've created which is amazing so we've read that you've said many small acts make a phenomenal difference which is so true but as an individual it can be hard to recognize that you know a little step that you're taking is actually having a greater impact and i've personally found that as well that like you know to adopt these things i'm sometimes like oh why am i going to turn the lights off it doesn't really matter it's just one light but if everybody kind of had that mentality then nothing would get done yep how have you kind of, you know, created that shift in people's mindsets where they 
they've started to realize now that by doing this every day, they are having this greater impact. I think there's a few things. So one is creating the movement of Keep Cup and and making it a movement, making it like you do give a nod to someone who's carrying one. So getting that sort of tipping point. Um, We did in 2014, we'd start with this thing, Reuse HQ, where we asked people to pledge. And then once you pledge, we sort of then took you on a journey. And like, so you got an email saying you've just saved enough energy to, you know, power a light bulb or you've just so it sort of took and we the idea of it was we wanted to aggregate it so we had this bigger picture of what had been done and saved didn't really work that well but um i think they will get that now i think there's a lot of shows where they're showing you you know a garbage bin full of clothes go to landfill every day and people are understanding that these things spin out into uncontrollable problems and i guess it's kind of a shame that it's taken like us really seeing a change in our environment and the world around us to go, oh, I get that now. I'm going to do something about that. Yeah. I think there's a lot. I mean, big business has a lot to answer for. So I, I read an article where it said that the Clean Up Australia, Clean Up Britain, those those um, organisations are sponsored by McDonald's, by Coca-Cola, by the biggest polluters because they want to make us feel responsible like it's it's like smoking like yeah. oh, the smoker is responsible it's not it's not our fault the smoking company company peddling the cigarettes whereas i think people are starting to shift and go actually we realize big corporations have enormous power to sway our opinion and get us to behave in certain ways and we're going to hold you accountable for that yeah, yeah. um so we'd love to finish on a couple of quick fire questions yeah um so i'll shoot the first one to you it's um who inspires you uh, my inspirations are probably my close friends and my family. Mm-hmm. They're my biggest inspiration. What do you do to take care of yourself? I don't mind a beer and a packet of salt and vinegar chips on the couch watching TV, but that's probably not that good on self-care. So probably um, <laughs> I going mean, down mental the, self-care. Yeah, that's going down to the beach and, yeah, just okay. relaxing. I love salt and vinegar chips. <laughs> <laughs> she does. Um, are you watching anything on Netflix at the moment? Oh, I just finished Luther. Do you know that? No. Idris Elba. What's that? Do you know Idris Elba, the actor? Oh, he's terribly handsome. But it's a BBC crime him. series and it was horrid. I, in fact, my husband and I watched it and the next day we were both a bit like, and he goes, oh, I think that upset me, that show. I said, yeah, it upset me too. Because <laughs> he's like a funny. policeman who's like a really good guy, but in the end you really lose your empathy for him. And yeah. We've been watching Dirty John lately. Oh, we saw that. Oh, my God. Oh, that's good. I want to listen to the podcast next. Yeah. 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 And, you know, there's a documentary. I really want to watch the documentary. Apparently oh, yeah, It's yeah. better than the series. Have really? you finished it? No. Don't oh, tell me. can't tell you. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I haven't finished it. Um, the last... She did overhear somebody the other day at her eyelash appointment and that she said that they just, like, quickly said three things yeah, that, like, like, totally ruined oh, it for her. They started her. talking about it and I was like, should I say that I watched it? And, um, and then... Like they they just said the three things that happen at the end. And I was like, don't you find that? I like, I'm getting a bit, I find those series now they drag it on too long. So sometimes now I just, the episodes like four or five, I just fast forward. Yeah. That that could have been. Dirty John was a bit like, okay, just like, let's get on with it. Because it's so frustrating. It's quite hard to watch. You're just like, oh, it's going to happen. Why are you doing this? Imagine being those daughters. They must have just been. Don't tell me. Even okay. I know what you're talking No, but you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we just yeah, yeah. So fr- we were frustrated watching it for oh, an hour. Imagine yeah. watching your mother do that for so months on end. Yeah, it's true. 
Uh, and the last question is definitely going to be a quick one. What's your coffee order? Ask that one. In a oh. keep cup, right? And now soy. I'm soy or oat milk. Oh, I, I like oat milk. It just tastes like cereal milk. It's delicious. Yeah, it's porridgey and sort of, yeah, it's a bit Scottish. Yeah, it's nice. Awesome. Cool. Thank you so much. Pleasure. Yeah, Thank thanks. you. Thank you so much for listening. It's pretty incredible what a huge cultural change Abigail has created through Keep Cup and also super encouraging. Sometimes it can feel like these problems our world is facing are just like hugely overwhelming, but her story just shows us that it's never too late or too hard to get out there and make a difference. This week, as we mentioned in the intro, we're doing something a little differently. So each week we'll be answering one question from a listener. And today's question is from Felicity on Instagram, who has asked, did you see Younger announced their release date is June 12th? Are you guys going to be doing wrap-ups of Younger episodes on your podcast like you mentioned? Oh, Felicity. Sounds like you love Younger as much as we do. We have been loving seeing the BTS, the cast has been posting on their Insta stories. If everybody doesn't follow Hilary Duff, then highly recommend. Yes, we absolutely did see that Younger is being released on June 12th. And we are very excited to announce that we will absolutely be doing Younger app wrap-ups. We usually watch Younger in the office at lunch on Thursday. So we're thinking we'll record them straight after and try to get them up as quickly as possible for all you crazy Younger fans out there. So if you would like us to answer one of your questions, please leave a comment in the comment section on the podcast app or on Insta. Um, It can be anything you like, really. Ask us fashion advice, a question about running our brand, restaurant recommendations, our favorite nail polish color, whatever you want. So next week, we have a very exciting guest on, Claire Press. She is Vogue Australia's sustainability editor at large and the author of three books and a fashion writer extraordinaire. The buildings had started to show visible cracks and so it was clear that they were, they were unsafe. But the workers were ordered back inside them the next day because of the pressure of orders to be fulfilled. So it was like, we know that this is not a safe working environment. However, we got work to do, so we'll do it at your expense. Now, at your expense meant that when the buildings collapsed, 1,138 people died. Have a fab week and happy Earth Day. See you next Monday. Bye. Na 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 na